0: Welcome to Harmony Talk, a podcast about dreamers and doers. We talk to people from all walks of life about their dreams, how they fulfilled them, why they persisted, and what it means to them today. Now, my guest today is Aaron Hill, a singer, songwriter, and harpist. Born in Louisville, Kentucky, Aaron has sung and played with many well known stars such as Cyndi Lauper. Kanye West, Sinead O'Connor, and Jewel. She's also played for former First Ladies Hillary Clinton and Michelle Obama. And while Erin sings all genres, her Celtic album achieved number one on the world billboard charts. Erin is performing in the upcoming Winterfest in Hawley, Pennsylvania, produced in part by our sister cohort, Harmony in the Woods Productions. This podcast is brought to you by A.M. Skyer, a third-generation family insurance business started in 1920. Welcome, Erin. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Now, you have a very diverse background, including musical adventures in science fiction and a comedy <laughs> turn with Dave Chappelle. But you are here because of your beautiful harp performances, your primary instruments. So let's start at the beginning. How did you come to be a harpist?
1: I started playing piano practically before I could walk. There's a picture of me playing this little Schroeder piano, about six months old. So, and my grandma Cummins, she always played piano by ear. So I would sit in her lap and play along with her. Then when I was about eight years old, I went to my piano teacher's house and there was a harp in the living room. And I thought it was the most gorgeous, magical thing I had ever seen. And I immediately begged my mom for lessons. And so that started the whole thing. Of course, my mom told me, if we hadn't happened to see the harp, in that living room, knowing how musical I was already with the piano and singing when I was little, and, you know, being a redhead and having our Irish heritage, she said she was definitely going to introduce me to the harp at some point.
0: Oh, even if you hadn't seen the harp in somebody's living room?
1: Yes, she had been thinking because I was so musical, I've got to get Aaron a harp.
0: (laughs) Mm, Probably because you look like an angel, too. It's a very... (laughs) And you have a very angelic voice, as a matter of fact. Thank you. You and the harp really complement each other. And it's very versatile. I mean, you utilize the harp to play so many songs. I mean, opera, obviously pop and rock. And you have songs by Adele and Alicia Keys and Stevie Wonder. And I guess you really have a fascination with the Beatles.
1: Oh, yes. I'd say that... My three favorites are the Beatles and David Bowie and Kate Bush, so Ooh,
0: David Bowie, <laughs>
1: yes, and then I also love Devo and Joan Armitrading and Stevie Wonder and a lot of
0: others. Let's stop and listen for just a minute or two to let our listeners hear. A Beatles song that you recorded fairly recently, and it's accompanied by a video which is up for a New York City Web Fest award. Eleanor Rigby. So we'll listen to Eleanor Rigby for a few moments.
2: I dream, waits at the window, wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door Who is it for? All the lonely people, where do they all come from? All the lonely people Where do they all belong? Father Mackenzie writing the words of a sermon no one will hear, no one comes near. Look we'll at him working, darning his song.
0: It's a beautiful rendition, and of course, the video has such haunting images. I don't want to say that the people look like zombies, but they do look very lonely and ghost like walking through the cemetery.
1: Good.
0: <laughs> That's what you wanted.
1: Well, yes, and actually, it's funny you say zombie because, in addition to being a huge science fiction buff, I'm also a horror buff so i do appreciate both sci-fi and horror
0: you like that illusion (laughs) yes well let's talk just for a second then about your science fiction interests i know you perform often at dragon con which is a big science fiction convention and forgive me but i think you've named your harps after science fiction characters is that true?
1: Yes. Yes. Let's see, Viger, which is... See, I'm a huge Star Trek fan, so Viger's is a Trek name. And Viger has been in a whole lot of my videos. Now, in the Eleanor Rigby video, that harp, her name is Yilla, which is from the Martian Chronicles. The harp that I use in my David Bowie show which is called Harp Oddity, the music of David Bowie. So I have some music videos. Well, I have at least one from that live show that I did. And the harp that you see there is a chrome harp, and it should be named Gort from The Day the Earth Stood Still. But I thought Gort wasn't the most beautiful name, so <laughs> I, I named her Two.
0: It does conjure up some other things.
1: <laughs> yeah, so she's Claw Two. <laughs>
0: What differentiates one harp from another?
1: Well, my main harps are all Kanak electric harps, and they're three-quarter size electric harps. And for me, they're all basically the same harp, except, of course, Klaatu is chrome, and you can see a reflection in her, so she looks very silver in science fiction. And then Klaatu and Yilla are both ebony harps, so...
0: Oh, so it's more of a visual thing than an audio thing. And so you you pick your harp according to your venue and what you would like to sing at the time. Yes. How do you actually pick your covers?
1: I like to work up arrangements of songs that I love. So sometimes I'll just hear a song on the radio and I'll think, oh, I love that song. I got to do that song. And then I'll work up an arrangement.
0: So you do your own arrangements?
1: Oh, yes, I do all my own arrangements. And when I did my album Harptown, Cleopatra Records, they requested, half the songs were songs that they chose, and then half the songs were songs that I chose. We kind of worked that out together. And it was really cool because, for example, one song that they picked that I was not familiar with is Song to the Siren by Tim Buckley. It was also redone and covered by other artists, but written by Tim Buckley. And now that's the first track on my album, Harptown. And I just love that song. I think he performed it on the Monkees show live in the 60s.
0: That's a throwback.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love 60s music. (laughs)
0: Now, what do you sing when you go to these science fiction festivals? You don't sing these songs.
1: I do a lot of my original songs and my album, Girl Inventor. It's all originals and they're all sci-fi songs. And then I also mix in... Famous sci-fi covers, well, David Bowie has a million that I do, of course, you know, from Space Oddity through you could even call Life on Mars. That can even fit, even though technically it's not sci-fi, but all the Ziggy Stardust, etc. And then there's songs like Elton John, Rocket Man. There are a lot that, of covers that can fit.
0: I did listen to one of your songs, uh, Lookout Science, and perhaps we could listen to that one for a few minutes. Yeah. Want to sing it? To be honest with you, <laughs> look outside. <laughs> <laughs> so the science fiction song that we just listened to, which was very upbeat, a very upbeat mm-hmm. song, so it wasn't really scary.
1: No, no, no. That's a, a good sci-fi song. And if you watch the music video for Lookout Science, you'll see evidence of one of my other loves, the Twilight Zone. I have multiple Twilight Zone references in that music video, including one particular episode. I don't want to spoil it for anyone. So I think you can enjoy it even if you're not a Twilight Zone fan. But if you are, it has just that extra layer for fun.
0: I'm sure that our listeners would like to go and hear that on maybe AaronHill.com or YouTube. You can be found at Aaron Hill Harp on Instagram, all the social media outlets. So science fiction, your mother, when she introduced you to the harp in your friend's living room, your piano teacher's living room, did she think that you would ever use it for science fiction?
1: Well, the science fiction's from my dad. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) So I grew up a huge sci-fi fan. I just inherited it from my dad. And we would watch Star Trek reruns when I was little and Twilight Zone reruns. And he introduced me to Ray Bradbury and he'd tell me the stories and he had fantastic science fiction collection of the old magazines and I collect them.
0: You've also done work in the theater and in the movies. So when you thought about your dream growing up, did you see yourself as a harpist entertainer or something more broad like an actress or?
1: I actually saw myself as both an actor and musical recording artist. Those were kind of equal dreams.
0: You work in a lot of different media. You're a very hardworking young lady. So my assumption is that it is both a difficult road and a satisfying road.
1: It is very hard. The hard part about being a musician is that steady gigs are very rare. Mostly you're going from gig to gig. So there's not much security. (laughs) You kind of look at your calendar and it's just blank. And then you're wondering, what's it
0: going to fill up with? So what keeps you going?
1: I just love playing the harp and I love singing. And I also really have fun acting, although mainly I'm focusing on music now. So that's just because I love it.
0: Well, you were in a couple of movies, Cradle Will Rock and Clear Blue Tuesday. How were those experiences?
1: Oh, they were great, great, great. Cradle Will Rock, that's the Tim Robbins movie. So that was so much fun doing a major motion picture. Clear Blue Tuesday is a a great indie film that I also was a screenwriter on. It has a couple of my songs in it. And actually, there's a YouTube video that has a scene from the movie. It's called A Star Trek Blind Date. (laughs) because I made my character, since I got to write my own character, I made her a sci-fi harvest.
0: There you go. Did you dress up in a costume?
1: If you're thinking of like an alien costume, no, no.
0: I guess I was thinking of a Star Trek, a Trekkie.
1: I do have one, but I didn't use it in the movie, so.
0: Well, how did you come to be the pretty white girl in the Dave Chappelle show? I don't think I can play a clip here, but I will say I listened to a few and my goodness, I... Hearing you sing in the beautiful (laughs) operatic voice, these very sort of raunchy (laughs) thoughts of Mm -hmm. Dave Chappelle's.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, that was uh, an audition and they had a monologue that they sent. And for the audition, they said, well, come in and just sing it to whatever tune you want to. I thought, oh, well, I'm going to write music for it. And when I was sitting outside, and I could hear other people in there singing, and you know some were singing to you know, a tune you might recognize, whatever, some not happy birthday, but you know something. and then others are just kind of da 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 doing different things, and I really felt very confident because I already wrote my own music to it.:
0: Well, you sing it's sort of operatic.
1: Yeah, well, that was my idea because I thought that would be the funniest.
0: It was very, very funny. I laughed out loud.
1: Thank you.
0: (laughs) And you look so beautiful, you know, this sort of Cinderella in a ball gown, singing these (laughs) almost lewd kind of... (laughs)
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. My grandma, you know, she watched it. She said, you did a very good job. Of course, I know you only said those things because you were being paid. That's right.
0: (laughs) I was going to ask you what your parents thought of that. In this case, it was your grandmother. But is that still something ongoing or is that just a gig?
1: Oh, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. I mean, he left. So the show didn't continue. Or I'm sure I would have been back. That would have been great. But Dave Chappelle is just the nicest guy ever.
0: Not according to his thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) You have been to the area that we produce Harmony in the Woods from, which is Hawley, Pennsylvania, before you performed at Harmony in the Woods this summer. And what was your impression of that venue?
1: Oh, so beautiful, a magical fairy venue. It was just heavenly. And I sat beforehand and sat out in the audience and just looked, and I just thought, oh, what a wonderful place to come and enjoy music.
0: And you're coming back, and you're going to not be outside in the woods this time. But it is a winter fest, and I understand you'll be singing A Winter Wonderland, which, of course, was written by someone from this area, Dick Smith.
1: Yes, that was a special request. I didn't realize that about the author. So uh, once I knew that, then of course we have to do that in the concert.
0: What are some of the songs that you like to sing the most when you go out into a venue such as that? Do you prefer to sing pop, rock, or a venue like the woods? Do you open up to opera or...
1: Well, uh, when we did the Summer Fest, I thought it would be nice to kind of do a broad sampling. So I started with a few Celtic, and then I also included a couple opera, and then moved into my favorite, which is pop and rock.
0: Well, just to show some of your diversity, we're going to play a little bit of opera about your Christmas album and what's on the album. Is it too a diverse sampling of different genres? Well, my
1: Christmas album has 12 tracks and it's on Cleopatra records and it's called Christmas harp. And it has a couple of instrumentals on it, but it's mainly me singing and playing. And well, I'll just give you an idea. It has like, what child is this? Oh come, oh come Emmanuel, have yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Silent Night. And then it has White Christmas. Oh, which I have a music video too for White Christmas that's really fun and features my little Westie dog, McLeod, the Westie. Oh, and the Eleanor Rigby video, that was my Westie Valentine. That was her music video debut. But then the Christmas album also has Ave Maria on it and Piazu. So it has a couple of more classical voice things as well. It has a good range.
0: Now, I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you do have other members of a band or something playing with you. So how do you, I mean, as a a solo artist really bring together and you go from gig to gig, it must be kind of expensive at the same time. That's
1: true. You know, when I did my David Bowie show, Harp Oddity, I had my full band, drums, pedal steel guitar, my backup singer, violin and cello. So I had that full band. I I just love playing with my whole band. And yeah, it is expensive. Some other people thought, oh, you know what? Why do you have to have a band that big? And for me, it's just, I'm not
0: thinking about the... You're thinking about the music and bringing it to life.
1: Yeah, right. I'm not thinking about the financial part. I'm about the other part. And I'm preparing for my next show is going to be in the spring in New York City in April, my Kate Bush show. And that is called Night Scented Harp, The Music of Kate Bush. And guess what? That band's going to be even bigger than my David Bowie band.
0: Well, there you go. The reason I ask that is because I think you have kind of a message to tell other young people pursuing their dreams. Because you're doing it and you're fulfilling it. So what's your message to people who who might say, oh, this is going to be really hard. I may not be able to support myself fully.
1: Well, if they're already thinking that, then that's good thing that they're looking at it realistically. (laughs) I think the problem is more when they just say, I'm going to do this and I don't have to do anything else because I'll tell you, it's like being an actor, for example, I have a lot of actor friends that have to have other jobs. It's really hard. That's basically, even though music is also hard, I have a lot of musician friends who have other jobs as well. So I always think it's a great thing to think about supplemental ways to make money.
0: There you go. Not the main way, the supplemental way. <laughs>
1: Right. (laughs) Always, always a good thing. And being a teacher is a great, great job. One of the most important jobs there is. Do you teach? Well, I teach private lessons, but you know I have a lot of friends who are professors and things like. That. And my whole family—my dad, you know, chemistry professor. My mom, she was an English teacher. She, she's retired, but in New York City, New York City high school English teacher, and she also ran the. She was the editor and managed the entire yearbook, and she won awards. So everyone in my family, really, they're teachers.
0: Well, they sound very accomplished. They have passions for their jobs. That's what it sounds like. They're impassioned. So tell us what's on the horizon for you. I know you're looking forward to coming to Winterfest. Anything else we should know about Aaron Hill?
1: Right now, I'm mainly getting geared up for Christmas, of course. All the songs that I haven't gotten to play since last Christmas and working up new ones because I just love Christmas. Then I'm also preparing for my Kate Bush show because it's a huge job arranging an entire show of the songs, learning them, memorizing them, working them out, and then writing the parts for the accompaniments and how I'm going to, you know, arrange them with the band once I've arranged them on the harp. It's huge. Have you met Kate Bush? (laughs) If only, if only. Oh, no, 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 no. I do have a Kate Bush cover on my album, Harptown. I sing and play This Woman's Work. So that is on Harptown. And I have a music video for it that'll be coming out. We're going to release it when we do the show. And the show's debuting April 25th at The Cutting Room in New York City. And then it'll be again at Joe's Pub June 16th in New York City.
0: Well, see. you have your whole calendar set for at least the next six, eight months.
1: Well, I have those two shows. Well, that's a lot of preparation. (laughs) (laughs) They just take a year of preparation.
0: Well, we look forward to seeing you at Winterfest here in Northeastern Pennsylvania.
1: Oh, I know. I'm so excited to come back.
0: Thank you so much for being with us, Erin Hill.
1: Thank you, Lisa.
0: This podcast was brought to you by AM Skyer, a third-generation family insurance business started in 1920. Talk to
2: you soon. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens Brown paper packages tied up with strings These are a few